Thank you, man of God. Thank you, Ed. You know, a lot of times when you come back to the church that you were raised in, you, you have these expectations and, and you, you, know, you, you already kind of know what it's going to feel like. I got to say that you exceeded my expectations and my feelings today. I, I'm, I'm really just blown away by what's going on here. I mean, the number of people here, the, the number of good-looking people here. Can I get an amen? I mean, seriously, there's no ugly people at our Savior's church, right? But I mean, just all the new faces. I got to meet a couple new guys at yesterday's men's Bible study at, at the herd, and we had a great time. And I, I'm just, man, I'm just really blown away. This is, guys, I mean, the worship's incredible. I, I used to be on the worship team. We've come a long ways, a long ways. And so I, it's just an honor to be here. I'm excited. My wife, Cheryl's here with me, my son, Ethan, my oldest daughter, Virginia, and my youngest one, Anna. And so they, they were like, man, it's, it's exciting. We're going back to Jennings. We were here 10 or 11 years before we were sent away. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, the church grew when we left. I was, but that's okay. I'm not insecure by any means. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to give you a quick update on Eunice. First of all, I just want to say thank you for uh, about five or six years ago, you, you sacrificed basically this building right here to plant the Eunice church. And, and it took several years to raise the money and to do the things we needed to do to, to build this sanctuary that you now call home and you enjoy. But instead of building this building, we planted a church in another city because you've got to understand we're a regional church. There's not many other churches like this church. Are you with me? This isn't just a church in Jennings. We're a region. It stretches from Welsh to Rain to we hadn't even decided how far north we're going to go down to Abbeville Gate. We're going to plant churches all over this region. So you planted a church in Eunice about six years ago. And I just want to say from Eunice, thank you. Because you sacrificed. And I want you to know that God is blessing your sacrifice because of what's happening here and because of what's happening in Eunice. Since being in Eunice, we, we've gone through a lot of trials, and we've, we've had some tribulations, and we've had, but we've had a lot of great times. We had, I'll just share a few little quick stories. We had one little boy got his foot cut off. He jumped in front of his brother's lawnmower, and his brother ran over and cut his foot off. And I mean, they thought he was going to lose the foot. And that little boy today, after we prayed for him and, and believed God for him, that little boy today is playing football and wrestling. I'm serious. There was nothing but skin holding his foot on. And, I mean, they were on Channel 3 News, all this stuff. It was just incredible. We've got, a, we've got an elderly lady in our church. I call her my new grandmother. She's, she's probably in her, her early 80s, and she's just a ball of fire. Her name's Miss Mary, and she's, she's been miraculously healed of cancer. And she calls me from now and then, Pastor, we need to pray for somebody, and would you agree with me and stand with me? And I could be in the middle of whatever, and I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'm standing and I'm agreeing. Let's, yes, let's pray. And, and she's, she's just on fire for God. And, and this, is the, this is the cool part of the story is that a couple of months ago I was preaching a message and I made a statement, simple statement. I said this. I said, if you're not dead, you're not done. Right? If you're not dead, you're not done. In other words, there's no retirement in God until you get to heaven. So you're not dead, you're not done. So Miss Mary heard that and it pricked her heart. Now she lives in the Iota Manor. How many of you know where the Iota Manor is? Okay, that is hers. That's Miss Mary's manor. And she's witnessing the people in the laundry room and everything. She started our first life group without even asking permission. 
I kid you not, me and Ethan were cutting grass one day, and we were going from one yard to the next, and she calls me, and I got this speakerphone on my, on my truck, and she comes in. I, I saw it was Miss Mary, so I just hit it, and she goes, Pastor, the Lord told me to start a life group. And I mean, me and Ethan were like tired. This is the last yard we're going to. And she's like, I, I, so I'm going to do it this Friday, Pastor, this Friday. I, I got people lined up. We, we're going to meet Friday mornings. We're starting a life group. I'm like, okay, Miss Mary, <laughs> sounds good. Like, the Lord's going to do something. And, and so it's just been incredible. And she just blesses my heart because she understands that she's not dead and she ain't done. Amen. So I use her to provoke the other people in the church that don't want to start a life group. I'm like, hey, look at Miss Mary. I mean, come on. I mean, when God gives you a crowbar like that, you use it. And so we've just seen incredible things happening in Eunice. Marriages are being restored. People's lives are being restored. And honestly, it's, it's God's hand on us doing that work. And so we're so excited. We've grown over the summer. Our numbers are holding through to now. And, and so our averages are up. Our finances are good. We've got great leadership and, and honestly, I come here and I just go, God, you know, I thought we had it together. But I come here and I go, man, we can't keep up with these guys. I mean, if you know Pastor Bubba, you cannot run with Pastor Bubba. Anybody ever tried to run with Pastor Bubba? I tried to go running with him one morning. I made a block. <laughs> Finally, I said, man, God, I just feel the spirit of walking. I just, I feel like I just need to walk with the Lord. And you go ahead on and run. And I've been walking ever since, but... So thank you so much for planning the Eunice campus. We're excited. And this morning, I just want to talk to you about something that's real personal to me. And there's so many new people in this room. I feel like I can share this. And I prayed about it and asked God what he wanted me to share. Normally, I get my messages sent to me. We usually preach the same series that you're going through. Um, but this is my message. And I, I believe it's my life message. And So this morning, I just want to tell you my, my testimony real quickly. Cheryl and I were... Uh, we met in college in, at McNeese, and we were married. We were living in Franklin, Louisiana, and her parents are from Fenton, Louisiana. If you blink, you miss it. And, and so we were dating, and we got married, and we were living in Franklin, and Pastor Bubba and him were just starting a, a men's Bible study on Friday mornings here, and so I would, we'd go to Cheryl's mom's house, and I'd go make the Bible study, and then they started the church, so on Sundays we'd come and, and, and sit in the service, and then afterwards drive back to Franklin and all that. And one, one Sunday afternoon out, out the blue, we're driving back to Franklin, and I convinced my wife to drive. It was miracle number one. She drove, and I'm sitting on the other side trying to go to sleep, and I, and I heard the Lord's voice speak to me. For one of the first times I ever heard it, and this is what he said to me. He said, go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. And I went, huh? I said, Lord, you got to say that again. Go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. Exact words. I said, okay. So I kind of chewed on it for a while, and the next day I shared it with Cheryl. And, and so a, a, a circumstance of events started to happen, and things started to roll. And, and so I called Pastor Bubba. I said, hey, man. I said, listen, can I meet you? And he was, they were still living in Broussard. And I said, can I meet up with you on a Wednesday night and we talk a little bit? Because I went home, and I told my best friend, and he told me God doesn't speak to us like he spoke to Moses. And I went to my grandmother, and she said, no, you're making the worst mistake of your life. And nobody was telling me I was doing the right thing. So I, I called Pastor Bubba, I said, can I meet with you? So I, I called, we, we, we met together on a Wednesday night in Broussard, and, and I said, man, I said, does God speak to us? And he said, well, yeah. And so he talked to me about how God speaks to us and all this. I said, well, good. Then when I was assured that I'd, had, I'd really had a word from God, I said, well, good. Then this is what God said. He said, go find you, ask you what you need, and help you. So what do you need? 
And I was expecting this big old flamboyant answer, because okay, I believed God had spoken to him too, and, and God actually did through a prophecy. I said, so what do you need? He said, I need a faithful man and a keyboard player. I said, okay, I, I think I can be faithful, and I, I've studied piano for 15 years. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like this is the right thing to do. Two weeks later, we pack our bags. We put our house up for sale. It was a brand new house. I was leaving a great job with my best friend's dad's company. I mean, I was in like Flynn, okay? Had no reason to leave. In fact, I had every reason to stay. Two weeks from that day, we packed our bags, put our house up for sale, moved in with Cheryl's aunt and kinder, got a job. Everything fell in place. We were, I mean, the, the first day we moved, we packed on a Saturday. Sunday morning, we drove when we were having service in the very front building. We drove up with all our stuff in the car, <laughs> left the dog in the car with the windows cracked, for all you dog lovers, okay? <laughs> the wind, and it was probably a cool season, so don't get, don't get freaked out. Daisy was okay. So, so we drive, I mean, literally, we got up early that morning, and Netta was with us, and we drove in, parked the car, and we went to church. And that's how we started our journey here. So we just came to church the very first day. Now, looking back, I'd go, you know, I could have been a little bit more tactful about what I did. You know, maybe prepared the family a little bit better, but I was the kind of guy, if, if you said it, if God said it, let's go do it. Don't ask no questions, we'll figure it out later. And so we did, and so then that, that started the journey of us being here. And I can tell you today, that was the greatest decision I ever made in my whole life, outside of following Christ. Was to go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. And so then we just, we were faithful, and we just, we went on, and we, were, we grew, and Pastor Bubba pulled all kind of demons out of me, and, and let me tell you, your pastor's strong. I shared with the men yesterday that he was the first man to ever deal with my anger issues. And I thank God it was him. Because he did it right. Amen. Go with me to Mark chapter 6. I want to share something with you this morning. The title of my message is Go Find Bubba, Ask Him What He Needs, and Help Him. That's a long one. <laughs> the last time I spoke here, it's been a long time. I don't know how bad. I must have done real bad, but it's been about a year and a half since I've been back. <laughs> but I had a short message, and it was a goofy one, so I figured if I go with a long title, then it might... Anyway, go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. So go to Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Today I want to talk to you basically about honor. And Pastor Bubba didn't know what I was preaching until about 8 o'clock this morning. He said, man, what you, what you sharing on? And I told him, and he goes, you better tell the church that I didn't set you up to do that. I said, trust me, I, I will. Because <laughs> he was like, don't, don't let them think that I, I, I we, we Came up with this whole concoction. I'm going to go to Eunice and tell everybody to bless you. And I'm, you're going to go to Jennings and tell everybody to bless me. I promise you we didn't do that. This is a word from God. So chapter 6, verse 1. Here we go. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Stop. Jesus goes home to his hometown. There's something about going home, right? I mean, listen, there's no place like home. I grew up in, a, in one of the first double-wide trailers ever made. And it's the, it, to this day, it was still the most comfortable place I can remember. There's no place like home. Jesus is going home. I bet he was fired up. I bet he was telling his disciples, man, we're going to the house, man. We're going back home. We're going to see my people. 
I bet he was, he was preparing his heart to do some tremendous miracles at home. Because why? You want to bring it when you go home, right? You want to show people the power of God. You want to let people see the goodness that's in God. And so I bet he was fired up. So he gets home and he starts preaching and teaching and performing a few miracles. And the Bible says the people were amazed. They were amazed at his power in teaching and his power to perform miracles. Now, that's a great story up until that point, right? You go, man, he's going home. People are amazed. Everything's going right. Watch the next verse. Then they scoffed, which basically means they started to ridicule him. They started to discount him. They started to devalue him because they remembered who he was. Watch this. Verse 3. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary. And the brothers of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live, live here right among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. I mean, when I read that, I go, what happened? What happened? They were just amazed. They were just amazed. And I want to tell you something. I see a lot of new faces here this morning. And, and you came to this church and you go, man, this is the greatest church in this region. And my personal opinion is that's true. And man, you, so you're excited and you got this momentum going. You see all this amazing things happening and you got this spirit of amazing on you. And you're excited. But let me give you a little warning. The longer you stay here, the more you get to know people here and the, the greater the chance of not being amazed occurs. You see, one of the crazy things about being in a church like this, surrounded by people that are so real, is that you have a greater tendency to be judgmental. Right? I think it was Wally who shared in our small breakout session yesterday, he goes, I've never been around people that have been so real. Pastors that just tell you their stuff. They tell you, I mean, you know, Pastor Bubba don't hide nothing. Miss Tracy, for years, I bet wish she would have hit a few things. My wife, I mean, she's like, you can't say this. You can't. Say that. We got the look now. I mean, I, went there, I, I, I displayed an attitude that I thought she gave, and I got the attitude afterwards, and I hadn't done that since. But, but the, the, the crazy thing about being in a church where people are so real is that you have a greater tendency to judge, a greater tendency to go from amazement to scoffing. And so what I want to tell you today is that we need to be careful to keep honoring. You've got to keep honoring because I want you to see something. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is, is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. I want you to know this morning that my pastor and his wife and the lead team here in Jennings is God's shepherd over you. And God can use them to do some amazing things in your life if you'll honor them. My wife would stand up and be a witness right now after the statement I'm about to say that we are the best pastored people Anywheres. We are well taken care of. 
My goal today is to try and outcall my pastor. He calls me every day to check on me. I can't beat him to the phone. I'm serious. And then he goes, man, God, you never called me. I'm like, you don't give me a chance. <laughs> I mean, would you just like, next time you want to call me, give me five minutes. I mean, one time it's like, I pick the phone up and I'm going, spiritual father. And by the time I got, so I even got him in favorites now. It's like, phone's already ringing. Pastor Bubba. Call him to see how I'm doing. Miss Tracy's taking great care of my wife. Our marriage is what it is today because of our pastors. Are you with me? Yes, it's Jesus. Yes, it's God. But how does God work in us today? Through our leadership, through our pastors, through our shepherds. Are you with me? I can honestly tell you there's been moments where we've dishonored. And I'm ashamed to say that. Even the whole church in Eunice thing, I'm I felt from day one that that was supposed to be my campus. I just felt in my spirit, this is God, Pastor Bubba's going to send me here. And Denny and I's construction company, man, we labored till 10 o'clock at night sometimes, working our regular job and then going just to remodel the building. And the whole time I'm thinking, sitting there going, man, he's going to give it to me. He's going to give it to me. And I remember the moment it happened that I started to dishonor him. Is he stood up in one of the leadership meetings and he said, I will always be the senior pastor of this church. And something in my heart changed. And from that day, I drew back. I didn't volunteer for anything. I mean, we were at everything. I got bitter. I got angry. I got judgmental. And can I tell you, there was nothing going on in my life. There was no fruit being produced. And it went that way for several months. And one day God said, you better snap out of it. And I repented to him. I told him, I said, man, I was hurt. I was bitter. I was angry. I said, that's why I've drawn back. That's why you hadn't seen me volunteering for anything. He said, man, God, it's all good. And it was almost two years after that day that he said, I will always be the senior pastor of this church. That he sat me, called me up and said, hey, man, let's go to lunch. Two and a half years, whatever it was. I was like, okay, let's go to lunch. We sit down. He says, look, you don't need to pray about it. <laughs> that's the way he talks to me. You don't need to pray about this. When, when he starts that, just let me tell you, you better run, okay? <laughs> if Pastor Bubba starts the whole, the whole talk about, listen, I prayed, you don't need to pray about this, run. He said, I want you to go to Eunice and take over the campus. But you see, that was going to never happen until I got my heart right. Are you with me? When your heart's right, you can receive. The problem with Nazareth is that there was nobody honoring Jesus. They had the greatest person that ever walked on the planet in their town, and nobody honored him, so therefore they could not receive from him. Are you hearing me? Because they, they understood his humanity. They said, well, he's just a carpenter. They watered him down. They devalued him. You see, Pastor Bubba's real. He tells you what he goes through. He tells you what he struggles with. Sometimes it makes you uncomfortable because he's so real, but you got to guard your heart. The lead team, Pastor Josh, Pastor Zach, and their wives, they're real. They tell you what's going on. But you got to guard your heart not to judge them, not to devalue them. Is somebody getting something this morning? Because why? Because if you do that, it's like you close your hands and you can't receive anymore. You see, there was nothing less about Jesus that day. Jesus wasn't any less powerful than he ever was before. 
He didn't have a cold and couldn't do miracles. It was simply because he wasn't honored. Are you with me? It's because he wasn't honored. You see, honoring opens up the door for God to move through other people in your life. Come on. It opens up the door. It's your posture. It's, this is honoring people, honoring your pastors and your leadership, and you sit right here and you go, my hands are open to receive. What do you need me to do? Do that with me real quick. Just, just sit back in your chair, put your hands on your knees, and open the palms of your hands. And, and just stay there. And I just want you to realize how hard that is to do that. Because it really is. No, seriously. It's hard to stay like that. Why? Because we have a hard time posturing ourselves to receive. Because sometimes we don't like the package. There's a lot of people don't like me as a package. Pastor Josh called me a treat this morning. I'm a big treat. <laughs> I'm like one of those big Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> you, go to, you go to Candyland and Rain, they got the world's biggest gummy bear. I mean, that, I, that's what I, I saw that. I'm a big gummy bear this morning. So Jesus goes home, and the people were amazed. And then something changed, and they realized who he was. And they said, nope, nope, he's just a carpenter. Nope, nope, Pastor Bubba's, oh, he, he struggles with anger? Oh, my goodness. Because the crazy thing about being a pastor is that people put you on this pedestal, that you can't do anything wrong, you got to be perfect. You need to go be a pastor for a while. Right? Then they scoffed at him and they devalued him and they, they ridiculed him. And Jesus, I believe his heart was broken. Because like I told you when I started, I believe he was so excited to go to his hometown and do miracles and set people free and see marriages restored and see the blind able to see and the deaf able to hear and the dead able to rise up and the, the, the crippled able to walk. He wanted to do that. That was his heart. It was his desire. He was excited to go home. And the people were amazed. But then something changed. And I believe Jesus was brokenhearted at that. Because look at what the last verse in this says in verse 6. It says, and he was amazed at their unbelief. I want Jesus to be amazed at me, but amazed at me at the right thing. Right? I want him to be amazed that I honored the way I did. Come on, somebody. I don't want him to be amazed at my unbelief. I want him to be amazed at my belief. Amen? So let me give you three points real quick about go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. Because I just want to let you know I'm passing my mantle on today. And you have an opportunity to take it. Some of you probably just, just thought, that's your mantle, ain't mine. Three ways to honor your pastors and your lead team. Number one, honor them by following them. In other words, go find Bubba. You see, Bubba didn't come find me. God said, go find Bubba. I asked Pastor Bubba to disciple me one day, sat him down in his office, hey, man, I really want you to speak into my life. I really want you to disciple me. And in my mind, I had a picture of what that looked like. We're going to sit down at a table. We're going to open up the scriptures. We're going to dig into God's word. He's going to disciple me. He said, good, man of God, good. Just remind me of that every time you see me. I was offended. 
What do you mean remind you? Why I got to remind you? And what he meant was is that every time we get around each other, you just need to let me know what's going on in your life. It took me a while to realize that. (laughs) So number one, you honor them by following them. You need to be good sheep. Amen. It's nice when you got good sheep. It's bad when you got bad goats. You ever farmed anything? We just started raising chickens. We got good chickens and bad chickens. The bad chickens are dead. I'm not saying anything, but you interpret that how you want, okay? It's just always good to be good. I am Pastor Bubba's bodyguard, by the way, security and everything else. But. So you honor them by following them. You get close to your lead team. You get close to Pastor Josh and Pastor Zach. How do you do that, man? You make a phone call. Don't make them chase you. You make a phone call. Hey, what's going on? Can we get a little coffee? Can we have lunch? Can we get breakfast? Is there anything you need? You go find them. It's not their job to find you. It's your job to find them. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. When they hear it, they come to me. When we go outside, our chickens, when they see us, they know we got something good for them. They come to us. We just got pigs. When the pigs see us, they... They're looking for something to eat from us, right? I believe it's the same thing with your pastor. You need to be looking. Come on. Go find Bubba. Number two, honor them by thinking of them. When's the last time you asked your pastor what he needed? When's the last time you called him up and said, Hey, man of God, is there anything you need this week? Look, I got a free day. Can I come do something? Listen, I did that a lot at the beginning. And he always had something for me to do. I mean, I, I, before I knew it, I was on a machine breaking out concrete in a building. I mean, I would be picking up leaves. After a while, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to call anymore. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. But you need, to, you need to ask them what they need. You need to keep notes about your pastors. You need to know what their, when their birthdays are. We shouldn't have to get up and say, hey, don't you just remember, Pastor Bubba's birthday is Tuesday. When Pastor Josh said that the morning, you should have said, oh, yeah, we know already. We already got it covered. I, I sent texts to my, my, my leaders in, in Eunice. I said, hey, it's Pastor Bubba's birthday, Tuesday. Go tell everybody. You need to bless their children. Pastor Bubba, one of the things I've learned from him and Miss Tracy is that you want to bless me, bless my children. Bless my children. Come on. Preacher's kids have a reputation. Don't they? Don't act all religious this morning. We all talk about the preacher's kids. I talk about my own. Sometimes me and my wife would go to the back room and talk about our kids. You want to bless us? Bless our children. Amen? Be easy to pastor. Number two, honor, the, honor them by thinking. I, I said that one. Be, honor them by thinking of them. You need to pray for them faithfully. But don't just pray for them. Sometimes you need to go do a little something for them. Right? And sometimes it may just be have a conversation. Right? Number three, you need to honor them by helping them. You need to go help him. God said, go find Bubba. Ask him what he needs, number two. And number three, you need to help him. You need to meet needs in your staff. You need to, you need to know what the needs are. Let me tell you what happened since it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. 
Somebody told me it's Pastor's Awareness Month. <laughs> kind of like breast cancer awareness. <laughs> like, you need to be aware. <laughs> I'm telling you a, a story of two couples in our church, and they're, and they're close to us. And the point I want to make is the first one came up to my wife, and they said, hey, it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. What do y'all want? And my wife was very cordial, and she just kind of smiled, and she changed the subject. But inside, she was hurt. Because she wanted her to know what she wanted. Right? Hey, what do you want? That's the first couple. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you got to do that. I don't want to say that's a bad thing, but I just want to show you a difference here. Because when you get to know your pastor, you already know their wants. We had another couple who knew a want or a need in our life. And they said, hey, can we take you out to lunch? He's like, sure. We don't pass out lunch. So we go to lunch, and they like, hey, y'all got plans after lunch? Oh, not really. Just got to be back in time to pick the kids up. Good. Let's go pick a ride. And we weren't laugh yet. And we pull up at this store. And I was like, what y'all, y'all getting? It was a mattress store. Y'all getting, y'all, y'all getting y'all a new mattress? No, let's just go inside. And so we walked inside, and the guy comes and says, hey, can I help you? And they said, yeah, they're, they're here to pick out a mattress. And I went, Uh, uh. You see, for me, that's hard. Because I was always the one giving. I was always the one giving, so it's hard to receive sometimes. And they bought us a brand new mattress. And I just had to confess to them, I I don't know how to act, I'm sorry. Thank you. (laughs) First of all, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know what to say. You see the difference. One of them got close enough to us to see our needs and met the needs. The others just stood from a distance and said, hey, what do you want? You see the difference there? There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. The Bible's very clear on that. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus. Even the devil and his demons know about Jesus. But there's not many people who really know Jesus right? That's what I'm talking about, that difference. Get to know them so that you can meet a need, so that you can help them, so that you can serve them. And listen, don't let it, don't let it be one month out of the year. I'm going, how crazy is that? I personally have never looked at this month to say, okay, well, I got to go appreciate my pastor. A couple months ago, I was on a ladder at his house painting some things he didn't want to paint. And you know what? It was inconvenience for me. But you know what? I had a great time doing it because I saw the joy in his eyes. I saw the joy in Miss Tracy's eyes. She came out. She's like, "Woohoo! it's getting done. I'm like, praise God. I made the first lady happy. That was all I needed. I'm like, I'm good, man. And I, I did it with excellence. I was up on a ladder. I could have cheated and cut corners and said, you know what? They'll never see this. But I just had this thing. I said, you God sees this. God's watching. I'm like, shoot. <laughs> I don't know if you got tormented like that, but I do. I mean, it's just, it's like I can't cut grass and leave something out because like, God's watching. <laughs> so honor them by helping them. Do it with excellence. Do it to completion. 
I've seen too many people promise to do things, and I've been guilty of this myself. One day I wrote my pastor a note because I was late on Pastor's Appreciation Month, and I felt guilty, and I wrote him a note. I said, hey, this is good for a year's worth of car washes. Just let me know. I'll come wash your car. I washed it one time. I didn't fulfill my commitment. Of course, he didn't ask me to wash it again because I put armor all on the dashboard. If you know Pastor Bubba, he's a little particular about that. But we did later on pay somebody to clean his car the way he wanted. Okay. If you can't do it right, pay somebody that can do it right. Amen? They'll appreciate that. So why do we do that? Why do we honor our lead team? Why do we honor our pastors? Why do we, why do we hold them or seat them in a place of honor? Because when you honor the people that God's given you, you're honoring God. I'm glad one of you got excited about that. When you honor the man and woman of God that God has put in your life, you're in turn saying, God, I honor you and I am grateful and thankful for you that you put them in my life. Thank you that I get close enough to see their their failures and their weaknesses and, 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 and their things that they struggle with. Thank you that I get to see that. That means that you trust me enough to see that. But God, I want to honor you by honoring them. Are you with me? God gets excited when his shepherds are taken care of. I look around this room and I see way more resources than I ever saw when I was here myself. We did what we could with what we had. And a lot of times we sacrificed to make sure our pastors were taken care of because we love them and we love God. I look here and go, man. Man, there's a lot of resources in this room. Amen? Amen. You want to honor God, right? God told me to go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. I was dumb enough to say, okay. Okay. And I came and I did, and I'm continuing to. I just want to be a blessing. Right? Anybody willing to take my mantle? This morning, anybody willing to take up that task or that excitement and be able to receive? I hope so. Because I have the best pastors in the world. I'm a part of the best team in the world. I am. There's no place I'd rather be. I heard about a guy the other day. He was with his pastor for 10 years and never once went to his house and had supper with him. I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? My pastor knows my business. Sometimes too much of my business. Amen? So let me challenge you with these last three things, and it's it's quick. It's not going to be long. You can get the, the team up or whatever you need to do. God's calling us to follow to be available. He's calling us to think about our pastors and our lead team. Pray for them. And he's calling us to help them. Work hard at the ministry that God's given you. Pastor Bubba told me this morning, he said, you make sure you tell them that, you know, it's not just about me, that, you know, it's their ministry. If they work hard in their ministry, that really blesses me. I'm like, Pastor, I got this, man. I'm not going to beat the people up. Sometimes you bless them by doing great in the ministry that God's given you. I told Cody and Jonathan this morning, I said, man, I, this is what we envisioned years ago. 
just the excellence in this building. You know how much that blesses Pastor Bubba to be able to bring other pastors here? And they go, wow. Wow. We had two college girls showed up in Eunice the other day trying to sell something. And they said, hey, can we look around your building? I said, sure. I mean, it's like, oh, this is cool, man. This is a cool church. I was like, gee, thanks. You ought to see Jennings. It's really cool. It blessed me, though. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I come to you, Lord, and I thank you for Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Josh and Lindsay and for Pastor Zach and Claire. Lord, I thank you for Denny and Sabrina, the elders in this church, Father. I thank you that you've given us this incredible team, Father. Lord, I know that you've given us your very best. Lord, I thank you that I'm well taken care of. I'm well pastored. I'm well shepherded. My wife is well pastored and taken care of. And Lord, it's not just because of who we are. But Father, I know it's because we've honored. And we're, we're, our heart is to continue to honor, Lord. So Father, help us as a church to always honor the gift that you've given us. Knowing that, Father, when we honor them and we seat them in a place of honor, we have the ability to receive more. We have the ability to receive more of you, Lord. More of them, Father, more of you. Father, more of your goodness can flow through them, Father, when we see them in a place of honor. Lord, we know that when we become bitter and dishonoring, that, Father, it, it closes our hands and we can't receive. So, Lord, help us as a church that when people come around, they see their pastors, and they, they whisper into Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy's ears, they go, man, you guys are taken care of. You got great people in your church. They really understand this honor thing. I pray that over Pastor Bubba and Tracy and Pastor Josh and Lindsay and Pastor Zach and Claire. So, Lord, help us today to be creative. Help us today to have our heart and our mind set on taking care of our lead team, Father, and putting them in a place of honor. Because, Lord, we know that when we take care of them, we take care of you. So, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name.